0: I'm BJ Smith, and this is the Tech Media Podcast Inside Internet Summit. This is a podcast where I'll bring you on the inside for a close-up look at tech media conferences, including live interviews with speakers and guests during the events. We'll talk about what's hot in the digital industry and bring you advice from the top experts. Last week, I sat down with one of the keynote speakers for a pre-event chat.
1: So my name is Rand Fishkin. I'm the founder, longtime CEO, and currently my title is Wizard of Moz.
0: Moz is a SaaS company based in Seattle, Washington, that helps marketers, especially those working in search engine optimization, track, measure, and improve what they're doing on the web.
1: We're about 180 people, I think, nowadays. Nice. have about 25,000 customers. You know, my big passion is helping people understand uh, how the web works, helping marketers succeed on the web, uh, helping make Google a little more transparent, despite all their pleas to the contrary, um, <laughs> and, uh, and really helping people do better marketing.
0: All right. So before we jump into talking about your keynote, I want to talk a little bit about Fezzik and Inigo.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs>
0: So, uh, we were actually recording this the Friday after Halloween and I was poking around your, your wife's travel blog and she, uh, she posted the, the Halloween costumes that you guys had. It was amazing.
1: Oh, thanks. I, uh, I'm still missing my beard. I'm should be back in about maybe six or seven more days, but
0: yeah. In the meantime, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, you know, was it a tough decision to part with that to fit the part?
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but I think you know, we sort of, I sort of selected the costume based on the fact that I was going to keep the mustache. So yeah. that's not too bad.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think, uh, the two shocking things that I saw when I, when I saw the pictures of, uh, you and your wife were that your beard was gone and that she was Andre, the giant complete <laughs> with, uh, Afro and mutton chops.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, you know, Fezig had that, well, Andre, right. Had that, uh, sort of North African French, um, fro thing and, <laughs> Geraldine pulled it off remarkably well I think someone said uh, Your wife makes a surprisingly hot fezig. <laughs> which I, I found that uh, pretty fascinating Is it disturbing Or
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: You know what It's a good tribute to him
0: So did you go around saying hello my name is Inigo Montoya
1: Hello My name is Inigo Montoya You killed my father Prepare to die <laughs> uh, maybe just once or twice.
0: <laughs> Your keynote that's coming up for Internet Summit next month is um, about uh, search marketing in a two-algorithm world. And we all know about the, and I'm going to use air quotes here, the algorithm that Google uses to organically rank websites. What makes this a two algorithm world?
1: What I'm going to be focusing on in the presentation is Google's shift from purely using inputs, ranking inputs that are decided on by the search quality and web spam teams in Mountain View to a world where algorithms are building algorithms. And essentially, the machines are looking at searcher outputs, the success and satisfaction of searchers, feeding that data back into a machine learning system, and then using that input and that information to improve the algorithm without any human review, without any human beings deciding what's going on. It has really substantial changes or really substantial meaning for search marketers Uh, and for folks doing SEO, because the optimization that we've always done in the past is towards the ranking inputs that we know were in Google, right? Things like uh, links and keywords and, you know, crawlability of pages and those kinds of things. And now we have to also deal with this sort of second algorithm, the output of searchers, the searcher satisfaction and and query success metrics. And so I'm going to be talking through all that stuff. I'll make it far more accessible than I did in that brief couple paragraphs, but I think it's going to be very, very interesting. And you know, one of the most interesting parts to me is that uh, I gave an earlier version of this presentation this summer um, in July, and just a couple weeks ago, Google announced publicly for the first time ever that they are, in fact, using a system almost exactly like the one I described in the presentation, and they call it rank Brain, or at least that's what they're publicly calling it.
0: In other words, Rand and his team at Moz figured out what Google was up to before Google admitted to using machine learning in its algorithm.
1: We have kind of this unfair advantage where we get to look at you know, millions of search results all the time and track what they're doing. And we can see, obviously, you know, we have a big Q&A forum where tons of SEOs are participating and noticing things. I get to run a lot of tests through a group I've built up called iMac Labs. We do a bunch of experimentation on what's working and not working in Google and how they're handling things. And so we sort of notice this, you know, searcher outputs having a direct impact and often a very fast impact on rankings. This is not actually the first time Google's publicly talked about machine learning. They have talked about it a bunch before as it relates to advertising and image search. You know, I think the only thing I really deduced is, hey, they are also using this thing that they say they use all over the place in organic rankings.
0: So are they going away from the the major updates that we used to see all the time and just having something that's sort of trickling out as it learns?
1: That's the goal. I would say that they are, they're still in a, in a, Dual world, there. Um, there are plenty of updates that a uh, penguin is a good example, right? They keep talking right. about how, oh, we're going to have a penguin update in August. I mean September. I mean October. I mean before the end <laughs> of the year, you know. And look, that hey, Moz's engineering team is the same way, right? Like yeah. it takes software engineers um, an unspecified amount of time to get things uh, working and get them right. So I, I don't blame them at all for that. But I think that it is absolutely the case that. We're dealing with a Google who wants to become more iterative, uh, more reliant on, you know, you can call it artificial intelligence. I think it's just fancy machine learning and deep learning systems and less reliant on waiting for humans to improve the queries uh, and improve the ranking algorithm.
0: Search engine optimization used to be a lot more simple. (laughs) And I I even think back to, uh, and I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but back to my early days in, in web design where the star Wars, the last trilogy of star Wars came out mm-hmm. and people would stuff in their descriptions, um, the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the ways that people would use, hey, I'm going to get ranked because this is a popular term and it had nothing to do with their website, obviously. And, uh, you know, as this was like at the birth of Google anyway,
1: sure. Sure. Right. Like 99, 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Um, and obviously things changed quickly from there. Yep. It was easier back in the day. I never played around with those sketchy techniques. A few well-placed keywords got the job done. Now, with machine learning sounding like quasi-artificial intelligence, I feel like we're in some government conspiracy movie and wondering if we need to break out our tinfoil hats.
1: Look, if you are going to be doing... Uh, spam and manipulation and black hat stuff—you better put on that tinfoil hat. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's no a, doubt. You know, and I—I say that with only slight hyperbole because Google can just see so much of what's going on on the web. I mean, you—you you know, there's there's all these conspiracy theories like, oh, Google is using Google Analytics, so I shouldn't put that on my website because that data flows back to Google. To which I respond, Google has Chrome they don't care about google analytics they have chrome that has a 50% market share they see everything that half of the internet is doing all the time right android has 60% of the mobile market share they see everything the mobile web is doing all the time like the you know the ability of google to collect data and to process that data is unrivaled in the internet world and i say that i mean even facebook like i think i think facebook does a good job of using their own data and using what happens on Facebook, but Google does it with the whole internet. Right. And that's, you know, that's pretty remarkable. Google can see everything that's going on on Facebook just as well as Facebook can, but Google can see everything that goes on everywhere else too.
0: SEO isn't just about well-placed keywords anymore. What things should we take into consideration when planning a website?
1: I think the, the tough part is you have to be worried about all the things that are old school SEO, right? Things like, yes, you do need to... Do good keyword research and smart keyword targeting. Yes, you need to make content that's relevant and on topic and leverages those keywords and modified versions of those keyword phrases well. Uh, yes, you need to worry about links, both internal and, of course, external. Uh, those are still very powerful and important. Yes, you've got to worry about link structure, uh, URL you know, linking structure and internal site architecture, make sure that's useful and usable and clear, make sure you're avoiding duplicate content or thin content. So all of those kinds of classic old school SEO things. And then there's a whole new world of SEO things that you can think about. And a lot of those are opportunities that uh, Google themselves have presented to us, like schema and rich snippet markup. that allow us to stand out in search results. Uh, Many of them are different types of verticals, right? So thinking about, do I want to start creating video content and put that in YouTube, because YouTube has this immense prominence in Google's results, and YouTube itself is the world's second largest search engine behind only Google. Um, You have to be thinking about uh, a lot of these searcher outputs as well, right? So things like when people visit a set of search results, is my result the one they want to click on the most? Is my result the one that they're going to stay on and and browse deeper in my site and complete the task that they had when they first performed that search? Or are they going to bounce back to the search results and click somebody else's site and complete their transaction, solve their problem there, which is very bad for you, right? That tells Google that someone else should be ranking for that.
0: Okay, this is the point where people start pointing out the importance of content. It's also where I found Rand's hot button. So is content king?
1: I hate that phrase. I really do.
0: So if you're going out there and you're creating content about what you're what you're knowledgeable about in your area, right? But there's all these other things that are so very important. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but making it so that Google can easily read your site is important. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And making it so that other people who do read your site amplify it a wider audience and that influential people in particular, influential people in publications and places that might link to you and share you on social and all those kinds of things, they need to amplify you too. And you can win the we have the best content in our field battle and still lose in terms of distribution. right. you know you see this all the time in in marketplace after marketplace. it's not it's not the best book that was published this month that's the most popular one. But when has that ever been true? <laughs> it's not the best movie that was, you know, put out. It's not the uh, best pair of jeans that's the best-selling ones. It's not the best mobile phone that has the best penetration. It's these quality and creating great content. I think is a it's a nice base of the pyramid of things you have to think about if you want to succeed with web marketing or with nearly anything else. I think saying content is king actually wholly misrepresents how content spreads across the web, what content is and isn't successful, and why. And so, I wish I wish that myth would go away. Yeah, let it die.
0: You know, and <laughs> let it die <laughs> I think in, in, in the podcasting world. The the same is very true because it's not always the best shows that bubble to the top, for sure. And it, you know, it's the same sort of thing. A lot of times, you'll you'll hear a show that's featured or is, is higher ranked in say iTunes um, and Google play is coming out with their own podcasting stuff as well. It's not always the best shows. And if you go and look, they have a ton of reviews and, and they're getting a ton of, of downloads. And it's mostly because of their networking and their marketing going out there and say, Hey, I've got this big group of people. Can you go write a review for me? And these things naturally, as far as, you know, Apple, iTunes, SEO goes, you know, push it to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's, again, it's not always the best show that ends up there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we can look at uh, the presidential races. I I don't think that anyone (laughs) in the world would argue that the best, most qualified, most rational, high quality people are the ones who win nominations. (laughs) That that just doesn't happen, right? So, you know in my mind the thing the thing that is king is understanding systems being able to reverse engineer a system to the degree that you can understand the inputs that go into it and then deep empathy for the audiences that you need to reach those two things in my mind are the king of marketing of distribution of content success
0: Mazda is a company that has seen tremendous growth over the past several years. They're always adding new products to make the lives of marketers easier. Is there anything that you're particularly excited about coming up in 2016?
1: So I work with two of the product groups at Moz. One is the big data team, uh, who's responsible for our, our web indices. And the other one is our um, research tools team, who's working on a product called Keyword Explorer that I've uh, blogged about a little bit this year. And that product's going to be launching in January, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. One of the big frustrations I have is just that the keyword research is so frustratingly demanding on, on marketers these days, right? Like if you want to do good keyword research, what do you do? You, uh, open up Excel, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you go to AdWords and you do a bunch of research in there and hopefully you get good at using the AdWords keyword planner. And then you go to Google suggest and you take the keywords that you've got from AdWords and you plug them into Google suggest, or you use a tool like Uber suggest. And then you go to YouTube and you get some expansions there. And then you might go to, you know, A list of 10 or 12, 15 different other sources, and you get expansions. Then you plug it all back into AdWords to get the volume. Then maybe you'll go to Moz's keyword difficulty tool or some other keyword difficulty tool on the web to find out how difficult it is. Then they'll try and estimate the opportunity and the business value of all those keywords. And then you'll prioritize them by some score using a metric that you create in Excel. And you'll sort by that and you'll start targeting. That process is days, if not weeks long. Yeah. Um, Just, just hours and hours of work. And so, you know, what Moz is trying to do, what I'm trying to do is automate that whole thing, right? You plug in a keyword, we will show you all the suggestions you would have gotten from all the sources. You say you like a keyword and you want to start targeting it, you add it to a list and we'll calculate all those metrics for you and uh, leave you that, you know, business value or custom field. So you can plug in your own, what is it worth to my company? And then we'll, we'll give you that, you know, sort of keyword potential. This is the combined score metric that you can sort everything on. So that's, that's something I'm very excited about because I think it'll just save people a ton of time and hopefully give them better results in their keyword research too.
0: Right. And it's easy to miss steps in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How often do you think people should be going back and and uh, re-examining their keywords?
1: That's a good question. I, I think it really depends. It's it's kind of business by business. Some fields don't move very fast, right? If you right. are in uh, chemical engineering supplies, and you know you, your market changes maybe quarterly, maybe annually, and you should be thinking about keyword research about that often. Um, if you're in news and entertainment, every day, man. Sure. Every sure. single day, right? So it it it's pretty. It has a lot of variance. Parting thought. If you hear someone say content is king, you know, please correct them on my behalf. Yeah. No violence. I don't, I don't encourage violence, but I do encourage you to, to strongly debate them. Ask, what does that even mean? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Thanks for having me, BJ.
0: Rand Fishkin takes the main stage at Internet Summit in Raleigh for the afternoon keynote on Wednesday, November 18th at 515 You can find out more at internetsummit.com coming up on the next episode of the tech media podcast inside internet summit jason miller of linkedin and author of the amazon number one bestseller welcome to the funnel we'll talk some marketing music and about a riot that started like this well thanks to the lame security i'm going home Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss Jason or any of the interviews from the event. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, coming soon to Google Play, who will soon be releasing podcasts and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Today's show was written and produced by me, BJ Smith. You can find me on Twitter at BJ Smith Strategy. See you in Raleigh.